0: My goal through this podcast is to inspire and empower as well as motivate you to move forward in life. I also provide one-on-one coaching, so if that's something you're interested in, listen all the way to the end for ways to connect with me. Welcome to episode number 171. This week we're touching on the power of, quote, perceived struggle because without struggle, there is no progress. And on this note, it's all about being resilient and knowing truly that life is happening for you, not to you. You have a choice of whether or not you want the perspective to be victimhood or victor. And how can I progress? How can I learn from this? How can I grow from this challenge or struggle that I've gone through? Welcome to this week's podcast interview. I brought on Evan Renfro. Evan, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Give listeners a background. Where do you live and what do you do?
1: Yeah. Uh, currently my wife and I, uh, with our son, we live outside of Dallas in a town called Rockwall. Um, I'm a fitness nutrition coach. Um, I've been a you know trainer and, and coach for about 10 years now. Um, yeah, I, I do that. I have my own coaching business and, uh, yeah, enjoying that.
0: What got you into the fitness industry? And the reason I ask is because I know so many health and fitness professionals, I, as my own kind of I guess I'm an athlete for just the things that I do, but I love pushing myself in the physical realm because I believe the mind body connection, but why why did you get involved?
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the catalyst to it all uh, was, was growing up overweight um, you know initially it started with uh, pretty much i guess what we considered an eating disorder, developed a terrible relationship with food, had a pretty low self esteem so Naturally, uh, you know, a solution to that was learning more about uh, wellness, nutrition, exercise, all those things. Um, so that kind of stemmed into what became a passion. You know, I started to try things out on my own, and once I saw the results of them, uh, naturally, having a, I guess, a heart to help others, I started to help as many people as I could that were in a similar situation. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of, uh, I guess, blossomed into a career, you could say, but started with that. Were you overweight then? Yes. Yeah. When I was younger, um, I was overweight. Uh, I never really understood. um, I didn't really have a great handle on nutrition. Um, I always kind of saw it as this thing where food just makes you fat. So, uh, you know, genetically, naturally, I guess I was a little bit heavier than some of my friends and classmates. So Mm -hmm. over time, kind of, uh, I guess, adopting that identity of being overweight uh, kind of led me to having a poor relationship with food.
0: So then was it in your adult years that something clicked and you realized, okay, I don't want to live this way anymore?
1: Uh, yeah. In terms of, of going um, a more sustainable route, yes. Because um, when I was younger, you know, I, like I said, took those extremes, um, I kind of adopted that that poor relationship uh, with food by way of just not eating. Um, mm. You know, there was a time on the back end of like middle school age and high school age, uh, I, was, I was an athlete. I still played sports and, you know, played football, ran track and things, but I would still... Um, I would skip meals because I felt that if I ate, I would be fat. And if I didn't eat, I would would lose weight. So uh, it wasn't until, yeah, I guess the uh, adult years that it started to form into a more productive approach where, um, you know, I started to learn more about nutrition, the things that actually fuel your body for the demand um, and and how, you know, it's really habit-based and and there's usually an underlying component to why we abuse food or whatever the case is,
0: Right. And I think what you touched on there is very important. It's kind of this punish reward system because, you know, you can give your opinion, but I, I am not on board with the whole, you know, eat really strict, whatever, and then have a cheat day because I think that's about binging. And why can't you just have moderation or a bounce and like have that piece of chocolate or have a piece of cake, don't eat the whole damn cake. Right. But can you touch on this whole punish reward system?
1: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I I think, honestly, it defeats the purpose uh, because I would say at the end of the day, like our goal isn't to uh, like be in a certain shape for a short time. You know, we want to be well. We want to live and enjoy the things that we enjoy doing even more. So to have that optimized performance, to be in the condition that we feel is ideal for us, um, it has to be a matter of something that's sustained. And I feel like those extreme measures, they absolutely they lend to this idea of, well, you know, I've, I've broken my diet or I've gotten off course. So I, you know, it's like you said, that punishment reward system. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of treating food a certain way. Um, when, when I coach clients, we have to, I think first look at the way we view food. Um, if it's something that is off limits or, you know, I can have this category, but I can't have that category. Like most diets will do. Um, again, I think that defeats the purpose. I think, you know, treating it well um, and having a good handle on it is to me like the the core, the foundation of, of any, uh, well-rounded nutrition plan.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we could go on a tangent there as well. Um, I've never been into diets or the fads because I don't believe there, and I don't have the health and, you know, I'm not certified in, in any of that stuff, but from my own experience, that stuff isn't sustainable and, um, I don't, I just, I I think what you really said there was uh, figuring out the underlying, the reason in your relationship with food, because it's not all the external things that people are seeking. It's figuring out that internal
1: thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And personally, like, you know, growing up thinking food was evil, right? Food just made me fat in my mind, like food was the problem. Uh, but you know, it wasn't until later on that I took the time to dive in and figure out like maybe where my, uh where my weaker points were like where my stronger areas were and and kind of, you know, leveraging the things I was good at and and working on the areas of weakness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important.
0: What you just said there reminds me of one of my most favorite, uh, he's a Canadian, he's a wealth consciousness coach. And so he deals with a lot of people and their money and kind of like diet and food and this it's, it's the food is an issue. The money isn't the issue, you know, the lack of, or, or the, this punish reward it's that underlying those deep internal limiting beliefs more or less so you thought food was evil but if you could change it to you know food is is food fuels me and food nourishes my body and finding the positive right
1: right yeah because anything in excess can be a problem right but anything in a yeah hit the nail on the head like it's yeah. that thing is not the issue it's 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 the way we approach it it's the perspective that we have on it and you know, for some people, maybe it's alcohol, for some people, maybe it's food, for some, maybe it's drugs. But I think like having the right perspective of whatever that thing is that you struggle with, like gives you the authority over it instead of always being kind of held down by it. Yeah.
0: And something we chatted with previously that I really want to talk about is this whole learning from your journey and that we are resilient. So, you know, I don't know how much you want to share of of different experiences you've gone through, but Touch on this whole resilience.
1: Yeah, no, I'm a I'm a firm believer that uh, you know as humans we are adaptation machines, uh, meaning that like we have the opportunity to uh, to progress, to grow from certain seasons of challenges and, and difficulties and trials, and we have an opportunity to uh, really shape shape the I guess the person we become through it, uh, and and I, and I feel like resilience in that is. Um, always having this understanding that like, you know, you've probably heard it before, but life isn't happening like to you and, and, and you, you have an opportunity to, I guess, navigate it in a certain way. Um, so being resilient and kind of sharing a little bit on my story, um, you know, my wife and I, um, a little over a year ago, it was last April, we lost our son. Um, we were at 31 weeks and we had an emergency C-section and he um, uh, it was a placental eruption, So um, you know, two of the most absolutely difficult days in my life. And it will always be hard. Uh, and there's always going to be this agonizing pain. Um, but, you know, since then, it's it's been every day is an opportunity to to really shape the way that I view life. If I feel like I'm a victim and, and things are happening to uh, spite me, then I'm really locked by that mindset. And if I look at it in a different way and say that, you know, whatever I have access to, whatever season of life that I'm in, whatever things are happening that are beyond my control, I can still I can still determine how I respond. And to me, that's that's kind of where resilience starts is choosing to respond and looking at the situation as objectively as you can. Um, you know, being that we've you know experienced uh, probably the hardest thing we ever will, and and something that I uh, I can't even quite describe how incredibly painful and and hard it will always be, you know, it's brought us closer together. Um, It's brought us closer in our relationship with the Lord. Like our faith is stronger. Um, I feel I have a greater level of empathy for people because I feel that when you experience such a deep level of hurt, then you can kind of, you have that relatability uh, and there's a sense of compassion, but more importantly than just wanting to sit in kind of the sorrow and sulk, you know, I want to help people, to maybe change the perspective and I want to help people to realize that they are resilient. So Hopefully that makes sense.
0: <laughs> well for sure and it's actually Tony Robbins who says life is happening For you not right. to you and I love that because that is the whole victim or victor mentality And I feel like the majority of the population sits in this victim mentality, you know that happened to me My boss is an asshole to me uh, Whatever it may be, but it's kind of like No but your situation, that example, I mean, that is tough and grief. And how were you able to overcome that and and step into this different perspective and become resilient from that?
1: Yeah, and I, I think part of it, um, you know, it's never something that, like, you know, people have different, I guess, different wording for things, but it's never something that I'll get through or get over. It's not something that I want to, right? It's something that he's always going to be my son. And, you know, we've recently just finalized the adoption of uh, our son. Now he's, he's two years old. So that was a, a blessing that was unexpected. And I think like if I'm always jaded because of what's happened, then I'm never open to the joy or the opportunity that is ahead because I always kind of have this very callous lens in which I view the world. Um, and, and on the other end of that, you know, kind of to answer the questions, it's, it's something that in my mind, there can't be anything harder than that like as far as pain and 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 uh just the weight of the emotion that comes with that um there in my mind there's nothing to fear in terms of what else could happen Um, knowing that we've already like lived that it makes everything else seem a little bit less intimidating um, so I think that kind of gives the confidence and courage and I guess the boldness to progress and to try new things and, and, and to, you know, venture out and to really become the person that you feel you should be, you know, like my business is maximized itself, And I think the, the, the really the root of that whole idea is becoming the best version of ourselves. And, you know, I think that requires getting out of our comfort zone and taking a step out in faith and all these other things, but um, just continuing to refine ourselves and, and, you know, like I said, like we're adaptation machines. And I feel that when we're put in a situation with some sort of challenge or obstacle, you know, we have the opportunity to progress from it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that definitely comes down to mindset. And that's why I continually preach and everything I do is getting outside of your comfort zone, because if people stay in this mediocrity, this just, you know, it's stable, this is comfortable. I'll never, you won't grow and you won't adapt and you won't, I mean, I don't think you can. Can you be resilient if you're you're stuck in your comfort zone, going through life's motions?
1: I don't feel you can. I feel like the <laughs> definition of it, right? So
0: right. Well, uh, something else you brought up w- with me that uh, I, I'd love you to explain is this whole idea of the feedback loop, and that every day is a choice. So, what do you mean by that?
1: Yeah. So uh, first, you know, I, I'm I'm a I, I'm not an expert in, you know, psychology or the mind, but it's it's something that I'm very interested in. Um, and I think it shows up quite a bit and, and having, um, like we talked about, grown through some experiences that I think otherwise, like maybe I wouldn't have, you know, if I hadn't yeah. had such an interest in the human mind and how uh, malleable it is. Um, and there's a great deal of plasticity to the brain. And, and I think that um, understanding that, it's it's basically recognition of patterns i guess is a simple way to put it so like if if there's a trigger for you if something's always kind of rubbing you the wrong way or agitating you or you know maybe for me it's having road rage and being in traffic with, with dumb drivers that surround me but yeah like i have a choice than that and and i can let them ruin my mood or my day or whatever the case is um and 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 with it being a feedback loop it's the whole idea of neurons that fire together, wire together. So they kind of pair, right? So it's, there's a cause and effect. There's an action and a reaction. So if someone cuts you off, if your immediate response, it's been that way for years, is to get angry, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, you know, I actually grew up with an anger problem. I had a very short temper. um, And, you know, like I I really, I lashed out at people. I I lost my temper more often than anyone should. Um, So that's something that I've worked through. But realizing that, you know, before something would have ruined my entire day, something that happened that was outside of my control. Maybe it was a sense of entitlement. I don't know. Dumb kid, you know, angry at the world, I guess. But uh, you know, before, like I said, it would ruin my entire day and then working through it kind of, I guess, realizing it and understanding it, then it would kind of collapse that time to maybe a few hours and then eventually minutes. And then eventually I would recognize it like maybe in the moment, I wouldn't even be angered by that thing because I'd realized out of my control move on uh, but yeah in the beginning it would be this catastrophic thing and then eventually it's it's something that I've worked through so long answer to a short question that feedback loop of you know you have the uh, the option to respond in a certain way as opposed to just emotional reaction in that in that time
0: yeah and I think road rage is a perfect example and I mean I catch myself some days I'm kind of like oh what an asshole right um, but other days if somebody wants to ride my ass and then go around me and get I I I won't play the game, right? I can be an aggressive driver. I know how to get from <laughs> A to B. But is that is it worth giving that person my emotional control? No. Right. And so when I let them around me, I'm like, hey, that person's in a hurry. Because we don't really know what they're going through. Maybe exactly. there's an accident, they're going to the hospital. Who freaking knows? And it doesn't even matter. But yeah. I would be I don't know. I love psychology too. And so it would be fascinating to me to understand why so many people have road rage.
1: Yeah. right. I think to me, like my, my kind of assumption, and this is just purely my own, like, I guess, uh, in the moment kind of assuming a certain thing is I think a lot of people are selfish. Their day Mm -hmm. and their time is more important than others. And, you know, uh, again, that's just my own assumption. I don't know every single person that, is around me on the road but uh you know we kind of we can easily adopt that that frame of mind that we're in a hurry our day is the most important like our tasks our to-do lists like we kind of tone everything else out like tune everything else out and we focus so much on hours and yeah you know, i think that can make us very um aggressive it can make us rude and considerate all the things that we don't like in other people you know that's why i say um having, having more of an awareness, looking at things objectively and knowing that we can respond to them in a certain way, instead of letting that initial emotion dictate what we do.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's key. And it just, it triggered something for me that on the flip side of the road rage, you know, when you do have that kind driver that, that lets you in, you know, in the, in the space where you're like, I'm trying to merge or, oh, I messed up and I need to an exit. And so there are kind drivers out there. You just have to look sure. for them.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So then question for you, do you have a morning routine or what do you do to stay in this mindset of, of looking objectively and staying resilient and doing the things you do?
1: Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, I would, I would say, yes, I have it very, you know, structured and and it's, it's perfect. Um, I have, I have a loose routine that I follow now because it's, it's being adjusted. Um, you know before we had a two year old in our home things were much different than they are now um, but yeah I would say for the most part my biggest thing that I try to protect is really two things and time for my mind and time for my body and I like to start my day before my tasks begin so um, to me that that just means like waking up and giving myself time before I have any appointments or sessions or anything that has um, like I'm expected to be in a place or do something like I want to have my time before, before the day is hijacked basically. Um, but yeah, I, I like to have time for me. It's uh, like, I begin my day with like like prayer and you know reading the word and I have time to kind of really focus on like what I would like to accomplish that day instead of you know, I'll kind of paint the analogy, you know, the times that maybe you through your alarm or hit snooze and you wake up and like everything is in such a hurry. You feel like you're just constantly putting out fires and your day is hijacked. Um, yeah. So on the other end of that, I feel if I can get my day started on my terms, more or less, um, it, it makes me more optimized to respond a certain way because I've taken care of me and I can be my best self in those situations.
0: Well, and, and I think the key there is self care, because if you're not filling up your own cup, what do you have to give others? And I know for women, especially that seems to be so difficult and, and I don't think it's selfish at all. I think it's actually necessary to do you. It's that whole oxygen mask example, right? Cliché as it may be, but (laughs) really if, if, and you gave a perfect example that if you're not doing that in the morning, your day is quote hijacked. Well, who mm-hmm. who the hell wants to start on a hijack day? That sucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Nice. So then I have to ask you: What do you want, listeners? What is a key takeaway from this conversation?
1: I think the big thing, uh, you know, for me and the thing that I try to coach clients on, and, and and really tell anyone who will listen, is like this understanding that you know we talk about resilience and you know. I, I have my, my shirt. Everything is a choice, right? Like we have an opportunity to respond in a certain way. Um, and to me, this kind of parallels with the idea of extreme ownership. If you're familiar with it, like really like accept everything as your own fault, as your own responsibility. And I think that is like the starting point to being able to make the change or to, um, to really give you a, a sense of power, a place of power in changing the circumstance versus like we talked about before, the whole victim mentality, where if, if it's always someone else's fault, you have no ability to change it. Um, So I think like those two ideas are kind of parallel in my mind, like the level of resilience that regardless of the difficulty of the season or, you know, if it's a great season, if things are going your way and and, like that's an opportunity for you to fast track progression, like we we are quite literally adaptation machines. Um, And then on the other end, like I said, like we have that choice and an opportunity to respond a certain way. And to me, like the perspective that we have ultimately dictates the way that we navigate the world around us so
0: i love that message and i feel like for some people it's a tough pill to swallow that i'm a hundred percent in charge of my thoughts and my emotions and my circumstances and yes you are (laughs) a hundred percent in charge Yeah. yeah absolutely um i have a few rapid fire questions i would like to ask you to wrap up with the interview and the first one is what is a quote or motto that you live by
1: I, so for me, um, like my favorite, I'm probably paraphrasing it more than actually quoting it, but it's this idea: of we can't learn that which we think we already know. Um, because to me, like I want to be a sponge. Uh, like I, if I'm ever identifying myself as having learned everything there is to learn about a topic, I'm closed off to progressing any more from it. Um, and I would say that I identify more as a learner than someone who just knows all these things so continuing to be the learner you cannot learn that what you think you already know yeah
0: and I think the key there is to be curious because you don't know what you don't yeah. know absolutely second question would be what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend
1: um, I have well confession I love books but I hate to read um, bounce around a bit um, but one of the, the books that I've, um, I've recently started, it's actually behind me here. Um, it's called Option B. It's, uh, it's by Adam Grant. Um, but it, he talks about, coincidentally, resilience, um, and kind of working through, you know, difficult seasons, uh, facing adversity and finding joy is kind of a subtext to it there. But it's Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. I love I'm that. a big Adam Grant fan.
0: I've never heard of either, but, uh, I'm like you, a sponge, always learning. I have books a mile high at this point. I, um, I need to get back on the reading train like way more, way more, but, uh, yeah. love that book. Awesome. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: Mm. Uh, I, it's tough. It's tough. Cause I, I think I'm still learning. Um, uh, but I would say, uh, the difficulty or or the struggle is worth the pursuit. Mm. In that, like we can never determine the outcome, but we only have control over where we are in the journey. Um, so the struggle, being that no matter how difficult the season, the pursuit is worthwhile.
0: Yes, I love that. Great note to end on. thinking. thank you so much, Evan, for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. To connect with me further, you can find me on Facebook, Heather Hakes. I am also on Instagram as heather.hakes, and I even have a YouTube channel. Guess what? Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.